0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer.
3: Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz here in the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is now offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakelands.edu slash get started. I want to talk about this Green Bay Packers defense. I'm excited about them. I really am. I think they're going to be one of the best units in the league. I think you could see them be the top unit in the league possibly this year with all the talent that they have. And one guy, I know I've talked about him before, and I feel like we haven't talked about him enough returning to this defense. We've talked about the rookies and Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. We looked at the defensive line and how exciting that's going to be. We talk about adding Quay Walker as a linebacker and how that's going to change the defense. You know, we've talked about bringing back Rasul Douglas. We've talked about Eric Stokes taking that next step forward. We've talked about how underrated. Adrian Amos is. Have we talked enough about Jair Alexander? That dude, in my opinion, is the best cover corner in football. And he's returning to the Green Bay Packers this year after missing a majority of last season. He was back in the playoff game but wasn't fully healthy. You have him back, and you're going to have a full season of him again. That might be your best addition to this defense. A healthy Jair Alexander, the best cover corner in the game. That might be your best addition. Have we undersold the return of Jair Alexander, this defense? You can give us a call, 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AM, the fan. And the reason I'm asking this is because, you know, we've talked about how versatile these this defense can be and how good it's going to be. You talk about how you can move around the defensive line, you can – shift things up, the different looks you can throw at the other teams and how Quay Walker maybe changes the nickel defense and all these different things. But having a true lockdown number one shutdown corner like Jair Alexander changes things too because now you can throw him on Justin Jefferson week one if you want to and just have him follow him around the football field and say, you shut down Justin Jefferson. You can throw him on Cooper Cup or one of these top wide receivers in the NFL and say, you are assigned to this guy, you go lock him down. And Jair can do that. Jair absolutely can do that. You know, you saw it yesterday at camp for those that were up there, and you saw people tweeting about it, that Jair Alexander was out there playing his game, talking trash, being out there and leading that defense. And that's something that we haven't talked about. You know, Think about this for a second. If the Rams were to lose Jalen Ramsey when the like the Packers lost Jair Alexander last year and he came back, that's all people would be talking about with that Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey's back. Jalen Ramsey's back. Jalen Ramsey's going to allow us to do this. Ramsey that. Have we done that with Jair Alexander? I don't think we have. And I think we should. I think we should. You, know, you look around this defense... And I think that he's the best player overall on this defense. Jair Alexander, outside of Aaron Rodgers, might be the best player on this football team. So when you look at it, and Jair Alexander returns to this defense, I don't think we're giving him enough credit and getting excited enough that he's back for this football team. I think that should be the thing that gets you most pumped up. We can talk about Clay Walker being added, and I think he's going to be a fine addition to this football team. And I think... Devontae Wyatt's going to help out, Jaron Reed, I think all these guys. I think it's going to be a very good unit this year and one of the top units in the league, and it's going to take a big step forward. But I think one of the things that was missing last year was Jair Alexander in that secondary. You're going to have a big step forward from Eric Stokes. I'm expecting big things out of him. Rasul Douglas is back, and he's going to be trying to work out of the nickel and learn all the intricacies that come with that, and I think he'll be fine in there. But I think the difference for this secondary is the fact that you have Jair Alexander there. If you took out Jair Alexander and just replaced him with another solid cornerback, I think we'd still be talking about this Packers secondary as a good unit in the NFL. But when you put Jair Alexander in there and you talk about that starting unit, Jair, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, I think you go from having a solid good group to having the best group in the league. And why is it that we haven't been talking about him a whole lot? You talk about other guys that you have big expectations for. We've talked about Rashawn Gary and expecting him to take that next big step for the Packers. We talk about Kenny Clark and the impact that he has in the middle for Green Bay. We've talked about a lot of these guys. Devondre Campbell's maybe another guy that we're not talking enough about. But I think when we look at this defense and what they're able to do, a lot of it is going to be predicated on the Stars being able to live up to their expectations, and one of those guys that I think is going to even exceed your expectations now that you've given him even more help and given him more flexibility to go kind of cover the number one guy if you want him to, or shut down a side. Joe Barry's got all types of weapons to use. Jair Alexander is going to be that number one corner that I think is going to be the top guy in football this year. I I don't see a reason that When we're done with this season and we're looking back, we don't talk about Jair Alexander as the best player on that defensive side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers and the best cover corner, if not the best cornerback overall in all of football. And I think that's something that's just been forgot. And maybe it hasn't been forgot. Maybe we've just been looking at other things and getting excited about this defense. But I don't want us to take for granted what Jair is able to do out there. And I think that was a move that kind of flew under the radar. It was exciting when it happened, but we haven't talked about it a whole lot. Getting that extension done with Jair, keeping this guy around in Green Bay for a while. And we've talked about this plenty of times with the Packers and why they maybe don't go get these free agents and why you don't see these big name guys coming to Green Bay. A lot of the time for Green Bay, it's been, you got to keep these guys in house. And in turn, that is your free agent acquisition. It's not bringing in a new guy. It's keeping your dudes in town. Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, you know, was Devontae Adams until things went south there. It's those sort of things where you're keeping your guys in town. And, you know, we've had this discussion plenty uh, over the years. Would you rather have Devontae or would you rather have Jair Alexander? And I don't know how much of this was their hand being forced, but I think you got the Packers answer. They wanted to keep Jair Alexander because a lockdown number one cornerback is harder to replace than maybe a number one type receiver like Devontae Adams. Not saying that the hole isn't big that's left, but I think a bigger hole is left when J- when Jair Alexander's not on the field. And I think at times last year you could see that. You'd see struggles in the secondary. At times last year you saw this defense play like one of the top units in the league, and then they come out the next week and look like a average to below average unit. Again, I think the one... Thing that runs through my mind when I think about the Packers defense and some of the struggles last year they had would be Justin Jefferson running wide open in the secondary when they played in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. That shouldn't be the case this year because instead of Eric Stokes being matched up on him, and no offense to Eric Stokes, and I don't think he would be offended by this at all, but Jair Alexander is that top guy, so Jair's going to be on him. And I don't think Jair's going to be cooked by Justin Jefferson like some of these other guys are Jair Alexander can match up with just about anybody in the national football league. No problem. I'm excited to see what he can do this season and how that changes the way that Joe Barry goes about this. Does it give him more Liberty to rush the passer or are they going to sit back in coverage and hope that their four can get home? Cause I think this defense is going to be just phenomenal all around. You know, we talked a little bit about it on the big show Maybe the one thing that they're missing is a third safety, so you can allow one of these safeties to drift down into the box and make some plays down there when you switch into a nickel or a dime. But either way, when you have the starting unit that the Green Bay Packers have, now it's about living up to those expectations. Now it's about going out there every single Sunday and playing like the unit you're supposed to be. I think the big thing for me with this defense is going to be consistency. I want to see them play like a top-five unit all year long. If we look at this unit right now, I think around football, people would expect them to be at least top-ten, if not top-five, whether you're a Packers fan or not. And then you look at them, and you want to watch them week one against Minnesota, and you want to see a top-five unit. You want to see them when they go into Buffalo. You want to see a top-five unit. Even when you're going and playing the Detroit Lions or the Chicago Bears week two, I want to see a top five unit. I want consistency out of this defense because one thing that I'm a little worried about with the offensive side of the ball is that consistency. One week you might have Aaron Rodgers just click in with all the guys and Romeo Dobbs is really tearing it up. Or Randall Cobb has a good week or Alan Lazard's really proving himself. I think they can all come out and have a great week on that offensive side of the ball, but I'm not sure if they're going to have that consistency just because you don't have the track record with a lot of those guys on the offensive side of the ball outside of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. Randall Cobb has shown you at times in his career that he can be a stud, but I I don't know that at this point in his career he's going to give you that. So outside of, what, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Tunyon when he gets back out on the field. A lot of these guys are unproven. So I don't know that this offense is going to hit its stride right away, and I don't know that you're going to get consistent play out of the offensive side of the ball. I think one week you're going to see him put up a lot of points. Next week you're going to see him struggle to just even move the football. So depending upon how that goes on the offensive side of the ball and the inconsistency you get over there, you need something to be the anchor for this football team, and that's where the defense comes into play. There's going to be lofty expectations for them to live up to. And if they don't live up to them, then this could be a disappointing season for the Green Bay Packers. You still got Aaron Rodgers on that offensive side of the ball, so I think they'll be fine. But this defense is going to have to live up to those lofty expectations that have been given to them. And I think that Brian Gutekunst is relying on that because when Devontae Adams left town, maybe you didn't have the time to prepare like you would have liked to. When you traded him, maybe you would have liked to have tried to go get Allen Robinson to replace him, or, and you know, he just signed right before he was traded and some of these things. Maybe you would have liked to have tried to get someone in the first round, a receiver, or something like that. But Brian Gudekind's answer for Devontae Adams leaving wasn't going and getting a receiver right away, it was drafting two defensive dudes right away. So he was immediately thinking, let's bolster this defense, let's make it one of the top units in the league, and let's go out there and dominate the game a different way than it's been done in Green Bay in a long time. Let's play solid defense, let's run the football, and when Aaron Rodgers needs to be Superman, let's hope Aaron Rodgers can still be Superman. And I think he's going to be capable of that, but if the defense isn't living up to it, I don't know if you're going to give the opportunities to Aaron to do that because you might be down by 10, you might be down by 14. And only a few minutes left. So it's going to come down to this defense playing extremely well and consistent all season long. And just to bring it all back to the beginning here. One of the reasons why I have faith that this defense can be one of these top units is because they've got stars across the board. You've got a growing star an emerging star at edge rusher and Rashawn Gary, someone that I want to be talking about with those top guys in all of football, the Miles Garretts, those sort of guys, I want Rashawn Gary to be knocking on the door to be in that conversation with those guys by the end of the season. So I've got lofty expectations for him. Devondre Campbell, an all-pro middle linebacker, something that Green Bay hasn't had in so long. Got a star there. You get a star in the middle, Kenny Clark, one of the best nose tackles, one of the best defensive tackles in all of football, a guy that can wreck your passing game and stuff the run. You've got star there. I think on the back end, Adrian Amos, I think he's a star. I don't think he's getting the recognition that he deserves as one of the best safeties in the league. So much versatility from him to play in the run, to play in the pass, to coming down in the box, to playing deep. Adrian Amos can do it all. But I think the biggest star of that entire defense is Jair Alexander. I don't think there's any player on that defense who's a better player than what Jair can give you covering the other team's top guy. Jalen Ramsey maybe gives you a little more versatility because of his size and he can play inside and play the run and do a little bit more. But if we're talking about a guy who you want to just go lock down someone right now in the NFL, I'm picking Jair Alexander. And that's why I think adding him back to this defense this year might be the biggest addition for them out of everything. Clay Walker's nice. Those other guys are nice. But adding back an all pro cornerback to an already stout defense is probably adding more than you're going to get from any rookie, from any other signing you got, because this dude is the best corner in the game, and he's just going to make this defense even better than it already was. 414 677 1250. 414 677 1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan, are we underselling Jair Alexander returning to this Packers defense? Give us a call there at 414 677 or tweet us at 1250 a.m. The Fan at Sparky's Midday Madness. Here on 1250 a.m. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That's Sam Schmitz. More to come. 1250 a.m. The Fan, it is Sparky's Midday Madness. Toby Altizer in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, who I believe will be back next week. Alongside Sam Schmitz here in the Lakeland University studios, talking with you guys about Jair Alexander and his impact on this defense. Are we underselling? Jair Alexander just returning to the field for this Packers team and how much of an impact that's going to make. 414 677 1250. 414 677 1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan. And again, the reason that I bring this up is we've talked about all these other guys and how excited we are to see them. Clay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. And I think both of those guys are going to make a huge impact for this defense. You know, Devontae Wyatt, I think, is going to give you someone that can come in and work alongside Kenny Clark to stuff the run. I think he's someone that is going to give you even more depth at that defensive line. I mean, you think about some Super Bowl teams over the last couple of years. You think about the Niners that went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. You think about the Eagles that won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Those teams had multiple edge rushers, multiple defensive linemen that they could just rotate through, and those guys were fresh all game. And maybe you'd lose a little quality when some guys came in over the other, but the main key was everyone was fresh the entire game, so they were able to keep those guys going at their best through all four quarters. And I think the Packers are going to have the ability to do that. They're going to be playing your boy, Sam, Dean Lowry. He's listed as a starter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sam's favorite player dean lowry they got him you got jaron reed hey Toby, me how, you looking
4: Clark. forward to uh seeing carson Wentz play this year
3: <laughs> i think he's gonna be all right i think he's gonna be fine but yeah yeah you're talking noted. yourself into that one <laughs> hey i always said that i thought I mean, he's the best quarterback to taylor or taylor heineke
4: terry McLaurin's See, ever you already with. missed taylor heineke i do miss
3: taylor heineke <laughs> i'm, I'm just, waiting for sam howell to be a quarterback for that with you. but uh I think you look at Devontae White, he's going to help them out, and that's awesome. It's a good pick, I think, overall. Then you look at Quay Walker, and I think you're going to be able to do a better job against the run while having fewer backers on the field because of his ability to fly all over while also coming up to stuff the run. And I think that's part of the reason that you saw Quay Walker go ahead of his teammate, Nakobe Dean, even though you saw more production out of Nakobe Dean in college, is that Quay Walker is just a bigger more imposing player when it comes to stuffing the run. And in the NFL, you want a guy that's big, can fly around the football field, and can come up in the run game and make plays. And N'Kobe Dean might be just, I don't know, I'm sure he'll be fine because you saw it in college. Maybe it's just one of those classic overthinking things in the NFL. But that's the reason Clay Walker goes ahead of him. So now he's going to come in, play alongside Devondre Campbell, which is a great guy to learn from, and he's going to come in and make an impact right away by being able to stuff the run while able to cover the pass as well. And I think because the rest of the unit is so solid that you're going to have Quay Walker being able to play free and easy, and he's going to go out there and make plays right away for the Green Bay Packers, and maybe you see him come out and win a defensive rookie of the year in his rookie season. Maybe that's something you see him doing right away. But either way... The guy that's going to make the biggest impact for this defense returning to the field is Jair. We talk about how these other guys change the way that the Packers can play defense. The Packers now get back a shutdown corner, which gives them the luxury of playing however they want to play with that secondary. You got a number one guy that you want to shut down, Justin Jefferson, week one, follow him around. 23's following him around all game long. You want to just play sides? You can play sides. And they're going to have to pick a side on who they're picking on. They're picking on Rasul Douglas in the slot? You're going against Stokes? You're probably not going to Jair's side at that point. So you give this defense so many ways that they can do things, and that's why I'm excited. I think we're underestimating how much of a difference that just that simple thing of him returning to the football field for the Packers is going to make. 414 677 1250. If you want to hop in here again, 414 677 1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, Sam, and maybe I'm just overstating it a little bit, but I mean, Jair's coming back. Jair's that
4: dude. Yeah, along with Kenny Clark in the defense, who I don't want to underestimate because I know you brought him up in the last segment, but when Scott Grotzky and I were talking about the Packers defense yesterday, completely forgot about Kenny Clark. And I I think that guy is just as good as Jair Alexander when it comes to best in the league and all that at their positions. Yeah, totally agree. So those two especially. But, yeah, the return of Jair, especially. I mean, Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, think about it. They got the number one seed in the NFC last year with Eric Stokes and uh, Rasul Douglas majority of the year. Now you add in a guy who's arguably, if not the best, at his position. I mean, I look at some of these top secondaries in the league According to Pro Football Focus, they have the Baltimore Ravens at number one going into this year, which Marcus Peters is coming back. They got Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Fuller as their uh, nickel corner, and then Marcus Williams as their safety. So, I mean, that's 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 a pretty damn good sec- you know secondary as well. But I just think the totality of Amos Savage and all three of those corners that we just mentioned. I'm sorry, but if those guys are healthy, that's that's the best secondary in the league. So I, I agree with you, man. Everything you said, and then some. I mean just having Jair back is going to be so good for these guys and then Eric Stokes I'm so excited to see what he does in year 2 but that's mainly because I'm so excited because he has Jair back and that he doesn't have to like you said be on Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and those top wide receivers uh, uh, Stokes is just such a good yin to Jair Alexander's yang you know mm-hmm. bigger bigger cornerback more tougher still has great speed and all that but Jair is more of the shifty Lockdown corner. Well, and I think that's something that the Packers have done a good job of
3: doing here is they've assembled three corners that I think make up the best corner trio in the league. And maybe it's rivaled there by what you have with Baltimore. And I completely forgot about Kyle Fuller going there. Marlon Humphrey's a stud, one of the best in the league. Marcus Peters is back. And then you've got Kyle Fuller there. Not the same Kyle Fuller that you knew for years with the Bears, but Kyle Fuller's back. But you think about this corner room you got Jair a little smaller can cover phenomenal at just mirroring whatever your number one receiver is going to do you got Stokes all the speed in the world but a little bit bigger able to play good in man able to make up if he makes a mistake and then you got Douglas a dude who's a bigger lankier corner that can come up to the line of scrimmage and play the run a little bit and I think that's why they ultimately chose him to go inside and play in that nickel is it's going to be more so probably that star position to an extent, I would think, or maybe he's just going to be a true nickel corner and that he's going to come in and sort of play the run a little bit more, but also he can be a little more physical at the line of scrimmage. And I think that you put that whole trio together with Jair being that number one, I think it makes a huge difference for this Packers football team. And I think Sam's dead on there too, that, Maybe another guy that we should be talking about in this same sort of conversation as being underrated, not getting the recognition he deserves, is Kenny Clark. You know, Leroy brought it up on the Big Show, and I thought it was interesting that he's talking with other legends of the game, and they're just talking through some of the guys playing in the NFL right now. And obviously Aaron Donald is that top guy. I don't think there's a better player in football than Aaron Donald. So, I'm not going to argue that there's anyone at that position that's going to be better than him. But when you're looking right behind him and probably pretty close, Kenny Clark. You know, last year, you know, when you watch the Packers every game, you want to see some domination,
4: you want to see dominance. Just watch Kenny Clark. Think about the little help that Kenny Clark has had as well throughout his career compared to what Aaron Donald has had as far as teammates, too. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they've had to focus on Kenny
3: Clark because there was really no one else to worry about. I mean, Kenny yeah. is
4: finally, finally getting some help on the defensive line. After well, and head. that's what makes this defense so scary. Yeah. You've got edge
3: rushers. you got two solid ones there, one that I think is going to be a star in Rashawn Gary. So are you going to double one of those guys? Are you going to chip the tight end there? What are you going to do there? Mm-hmm. Then you look on the inside. You brought in Wyatt, who can stuff the run. You have brought in... Jaron Reed, who's been a solid pass rusher throughout his career. You've still got your boy, Sam Dean-Lowry. Oh, yeah.
4: And then, of course, Kenny Clark. Right. I mean, Kenny's essentially done what he's done throughout his career with Lancaster and Dean-Lowry next to him, majority of his career. And he's always been the focus, and I'm sure he still will be because up the middle, you can't just let
3: him wreck a game by getting through right away. So I'm sure he's still going to draw double teams, but that's why
4: you're going to see maybe Rashawn Gary get to a 12-13- sack season or something like that. I mean, they've tried to get Kenny help. Remember that when they signed Muhammad Wilkerson and unfortunately he got injured before he could even make an impact. Well, and another thing that gets me excited too
3: about this defense is what if they get interesting with things? Hopefully Inigbari can get to a point where he can be a solid third edge rusher. Quay Walker, I think they're going to use in a variety of ways. I know I've thrown out this comparison before, because in terms of size, he has the same sort of size He's obviously not as good as this guy, but has a similar skill set. Micah Parsons with Dallas and how they've been able to use him. He's not going to be probably as skilled as a pass rusher off the edge right away, but they could rush him up the middle. But what if the Packers start having a little fun? Taking Rashawn Gary and moving him around like they did Zedarius Smith, having Zadarius rush up the middle, do things like that. That can be a fun thing to fool around with. And that's why if you're the Packers defensive coordinator, you're Joe Barry this year you're looking forward to this season working with this unit. You're going to have a lot of fun with these guys because you're not just being dictated, oh, we got to line up and play this way of football because we really don't have any other way. You're going to be able to stop the run while also stopping the pass because of adding in the linebackers. You're going to be able to stop the pass because you have an incredible secondary in Jair, Amos, all those guys. I mean, I... I know we've talked a ton about this defense, and we've kind of, I think, hashed it out all the way, and we've talked about them day after day after day. But I think they deserve it. This offense has all the question marks for sure. This offense has lots that we can discuss as well. And you know, we've talked about the receivers, talked about how are they going to use the running backs, how good is Aaron going to be now that Devontae's out of town. But if there's a reason you want to get excited for Packers football this year, it's the defense. And Sam, you've brought it up before. How many times do you go into a Packers season and you're more excited about the defense than the offense? Not in my lifetime. Now with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre behind center. And I think that's also the beautiful thing, too. We could be going into this season saying, I'm excited about the defense for the Packers because Jordan loves our quarterback. No, you're still going into a season excited about this defense, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. right? How
4: good does that show you that this defense is going to be? Think of the players, too. I mean, in the past, even when the Packers necessarily didn't have the top defense in the NFL, you still had guys like Charles Woodson, Nick Collins, Clay Matthews. I mean, just premier guys on the defensive side, but nothing to this extent. You know, just deep at every position and and names all across the board. You still had holes in those defense. Well,
3: and I I don't know if the trade-off for losing Devontae Adams and essentially keeping Rasul Douglas and getting, getting, you think about, uh, what, Quay Walker with that, and then they ended up trading that second rounder. That was part of the reason they were able to get Christian Watson. But I don't know if that's going to end up being worth it overall, but what they've done with this defense is they've solidified it. They've made it one of the most stout units in the league, and I guess we're going to get to see here in a few weeks whether that decision by Brian Gutekinst to ultimately decide let's bolster the defense and not really try to address that wide receiver position by being aggressive and getting a first, rec- first round receiver or by trading for a top guy. We'll learn pretty quickly whether that's going to be right or not. And the Packers are going to have to come out right away. Week one scares a lot of people because they go to Minnesota. And I think one of the reasons you have to be a little bit worried about it is how is that offense going to look right away? A real easy way to ease your way into the season is if that defense can come out and show you how solid they're going to be all season long. And they're going to get a little bit of a test. Kirk cousins. I know he's a little bit of a joke and it's Kirk cousins. It's all this. Kirk cousins had one of the best seasons of his career last year. Single digit interceptions for Kirk cousins. You're going to have to expect him to have a good game. Justin Jefferson's coming. And so is Dalvin cook. It's going to be a a test week one for the green Bay Packers. And I I'm, expecting this defense to live right up to it and be one of the best units in the league. I'm so excited for them. We're going to take a quick break here on Sparky's Midday Madness. When we come back, earlier today we talked with Tim Dillard on the Wendy's Big Show about the Milwaukee Brewers, got some of his thoughts on Mark Adonacio's comments, as well as their struggles out of the bullpen and how they can turn things around. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. More of Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 a.m. The
0: fan worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink.
2: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And comes up next.
3: Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. Dean Lowry's number one fan, Sam Schmitz. Earlier today we talked with Tim Dillard from Bally Sports Wisconsin on the Wendy's Big Show. Asking him about the bullpen and different things that have been struggling with the Brewers started off by asking him his thoughts on some of Mark Adanasio's comments. Here's Tim Dillard from Bally Sports Wisconsin.
2: On the surface, trading of Josh Hader doesn't square with trying to win a World Series. That's another, I think, common criticism of this deal. Yeah, I think that you have to ask David about. Maybe you did, or if you didn't, you should. Because yeah, I know he
6: also had a series of other trades that he wanted to do that you know didn't happen, and uh, you just have to ask him about that. That's all, I... Tim. What? I was like, what, what did he just say? Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what well, is I think he? you're hearing from a you're hearing from an owner that's getting pressure, right, from the fans of like what is happening. Yes. And, Um, You know, I guess ultimately it falls on him, but, you know, he probably didn't have a huge say. So he trusts his staff of people to, you know, put together the best team to win a World Series. And, you know, and you have to think that Matt Arnold, David Stearns made the moves that they thought is going to benefit the team now and long term. But I don't know. I think it came out of nowhere for the Josh Hader trade. I don't think they had to trade him. I just think that maybe his value is higher now than it would be next year. And they tried to exploit that as much as possible. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's I, – I think if the team comes out and continues exactly what they did, like the first week after the All-Star break, if they win every single game, I think you'd be hearing less of this stuff. I think it just coincides with the team losing a few games. And then all of a sudden, you know, tempers get high, and here come the Cardinals, and they're up two games. So I think you're just hearing – um, a man that just cares a lot, and uh, you know, just like the fans.
3: Well, and Tim, I, I would agree with you. I Go would ahead, agree. Tim. I think it's damn if you do, damn if you don't. Right? Okay. So Mark yeah. said, "You know what? I got people. I hire them. I'm listening to them. That's their job. Do, if you want to do that deal, do that deal. I trust you." And then yeah. on the other end, we get people that oh, Mark made this deal. He wanted. He should
6: let. Uh, he, he should let David Stearns do his job. Then when he let David Stearns do his job, he gets smoked from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that's exactly what it is. It's like when you fire a manager in the middle of the season. It's like if the team does well, then, oh, it was the manager. But if the team does bad, it's like, oh, maybe it wasn't the manager, right? Mm-hmm. So you just – it's two sides of the same coin. And the problem is that's with baseball. There's always coins being flipped.
3: Well, and Tim, talking about this bullpen, because I think that's been a problem since Josh Hader's been traded, not necessarily that the new guys are struggling. You know, Matt Bush is struggling in his first couple, but the the bullpen as a whole, you have Devin Williams who had gone 30 straight and then he's struggled since Hader has been traded. Can you talk a little bit about why this bullpen is struggling and then maybe what it's like as someone that's gone through different things? Maybe your experience is a little different going from the minors to the majors, but switching teams and then not maybe knowing your role right away with a new team.
1: Well, first, I think they did a great job kind of leaving the offense and the in the in the dugout part of it alone, because that team is really good. They're scoring five-and-a-half runs a game since the All-Star break. So the offense is doing their job. For the most part, the defense is doing their job. I know there was a couple of mishaps late in the game the other day. But uh, this bullpen, we talked about it on this episode of the podcast that's coming out later today. But the big question is, you know, who's coming out of the bullpen in which inning? Like, you just don't know. And I think we got spoiled, right? Because we just knew the way the game lined up, you knew exactly who was coming out of that bullpen every single time, every single inning. You just knew it. And now it's kind of up in the air. You don't really know who's coming out and when. And I honestly, I don't know if the Brewers had a plan because we couldn't anticipate this last week or so of games of who's coming out. Um, and I think it's going to shake itself out. It's it, it's that's the way it is. As players, you kind of you're kind of left to hey, who's going to take over this role type attitude. Um, and I think you're going to see guys come to the forefront. Matt Bush looked outstanding. I mean, I don't know if you've seen better stuff out of a right-handed you know, outside of maybe Diaz at the Mets because he came out and was throwing just absolute fuel that was moving uh, the other day, proving that he has some of the best stuff in all of baseball. Um, and I think you're going to see Taylor Rogers get back on track. I think he was a little shook up with the trade. But once you start fitting guys in in certain roles, um, I think they're going to start to flourish. And coinciding that with an offense that, you know, hasn't let up one bit, it's going to look good for the Brewers.
6: Uh, Tim, uh, who do you, uh, before I ask my question, who do you have on the podcast the next episode or the last episode?
1: Yeah. On the next one coming up, uh, Adam McCalvey stopped uh, Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun and nice. Jonathan Lucroy uh, for their uh, walk of fame and, and wall of honors. Uh, oh, it, nice. It's pretty good. I think he just grabs them off to the side and records with his phone because, you know, he was like, Hey, do you think we should try to interview these guys? And, Valley Sports Wisconsin was making me interview him, like, more formally. So I was like, yeah, if you want to grab him from the <laughs> – pull him into the hallway, ask him all the good questions. But, um, but, you know, when these guys come back and do this stuff, it's really fun. But at the same time, to have to do all the interviews and get all the questions, um, that's probably the hardest part. They just want to come and hang out with their friends. But that's who we got, Fielder, Braun, Lucroy. And uh, I don't know, they're really good. It was, it was good to see them and good to talk to them. It'll be a fun little podcast coming out.
6: Yeah, the thing about the Cardinals, they've won seven straight and the Brewers have lost two straight. And now they're in second place um, and, you know, down by two games. Sooner or later, the Cardinals may cool off. Then again, they won't. I think the Brewers play better when they're from behind. But my, my question, Tim, before everybody gets their new role, because it's almost like a reset without hater, It's a reset in the, in the it's, locker it's a room. reset, yep. Yeah, so guys got to understand, you may get a new role now moving forward. How does Council understand that maybe he may give a guy a role that may not fit? Will it take a few games for that to happen? Because I will say this, losing three to the Pirates and struggling with the Reds, I I don't think the fans saw that 1-5 playing those two teams.
1: Well it you know you start looking at all the different things that happen in the game. You can almost pick out they found different ways to lose each time, but for the most part it it's been the bullpen that scuffled, and this is something that uh the brewers and brewers fans are not used to <laughs> for the last several years. It's been lockdown um and now there has yeah, like you said, a reset and people trying to you know grab their footing but Um, It does. It shakes out. I'm telling you, it happens to even the best bullpens and the worst bullpens. Eventually, guys are going to rise to the top. They're going to rise to the challenge, and they'll get back on track. But, um, yeah, when it comes to the leadership and what they're trying to do, whether it's counsel or Chris Hook, they're just trying to put guys in situations to succeed. And before you can know much about these guys on the daily basis, it's like, do we do lefty matchups with Rodgers, or do we do righty matchups? With Bush, And so you're trying to kind of navigate that rather than just say, hey, let's just try one game where it's this, 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 no matter what. You know, that's what we had with Fox, Berger, Williamson, Hader. It was no matter what, if the situation arise, it was these three guys. They kind of have to, they kind of have to just jump ahead and say, all right, if we want to get to the end of this thing, let's just put it and just cement it for now and see how it works. Uh, but I wish they would just let it happen organically because these guys are pros. They know what they're going to do. They're going to be ready. Mm-hmm.
6: And I was a little surprised. Oh my, wasn't traded. I know he's on a 10-day DL. And I also want to know what's the role for Freddy Peralta when he's back with his stuff? Um, do you just make him a starter? Do you put him out of the bullpen to help those guys? I just it'll be good to know how that's going to. Uh, because you talked about. Uh, uh, Matt Bush having good stuff. If you can get Peralta where he was before he got injured, I think that would be in good shape.
1: Well, I mean, Peralta's thrown pretty well. He's pitching tonight. He's probably going to have a pitch count that's probably
6: yeah uh, maybe
1: in the 90s. And uh, and he's, he's going to be a starter. He's an all-star starter last year. Uh, you got Woodruff pitching well since, I mean, outstanding, actually, since he came off the IL. Corbin Burns doing his thing all year. Quality start last time out. Um, I mean, that three right there is, is what you want. I, I would, I think it would be a crime if they put Freddie in the bullpen It may cause if he had some sort of setback maybe, but if he's on track, I mean, you just hey, put him in there and then mix that with Lauer. I think if you do have to do anything in the bullpen, um, or like put a starter out there, I think you go with Ashby only because he's been absolutely phenomenal when he came in, when he came in against, I think it was the Rays. Um, I'm not even sure how far back that was now, I guess, uh, Mayor june um he was phenomenal he struck out like almost everybody like that's what you can get from a guy like that uh down the stretch but as far as narvaez not getting traded i mean he's been productive and i think they probably see it as something he's going to come back from pretty quick and uh then they'll have their catchers rolling but this late in the game you don't want to start changing up too many things in the dugout especially a catcher trying to learn all new pitchers uh that's a tough gig yeah, well,
3: and true. quickly, one final thing for you, talking with Tim Dillard from Valley Sports Wisconsin. This offense has continued. You know, I think a lot of us have been waiting for them to maybe fall off a little bit. But since the All-Star break, they've continued to hit well. What has been the difference for them in the second half?
1: I think guys just being healthy. Uh, I, I Just now in the last probably month, are you seeing all of the team come back, get healthy, like they were supposed to be, right, coming out of spring training? Um, I, Hunter Renfro, you have to stop whatever you're doing and watch this guy hit because you don't know what he's... He may hit one out of the whole stadium. You just don't know. But he has that pop every single time. Of course, Rowdy telez Adamus leading uh, tied for first in all the shortstops in home runs. I think second in RBIs. Uh, Colton Wong is on fire right now. Everything he hits is a line drive. Yellich getting on base at a clip of 413 in the leadoff spot. Like There's so many ways they can score runs, and they're doing that. Uh, they're leading in Uh, pitches per plate appearance, Uh, the walks are through the roof. I mean, they're getting on base. They're going to get their runs. It's all about once that starter comes out, can they hold the lead? And we've been spoiled with it, and now it's become a problem.
3: Tim, really appreciate the time today. Good stuff, Tim.
1: Yeah, thanks, boys. Hey, happy, yep. happy Hall of Fame, Leroy. That is awesome. Congratulations. I haven't got to say congratulations
6: yet. Oh, uh, thank you so much. I actually have a signed jersey for you. I've been trying to get it to you, but Toby Ooh. took it home. Toby, <laughs> gotta bring it back. You gotta bring it back. Toby. I'll,
1: I'll give I'll it, it to nice. Tim. I guess. I guess. Okay. Since you brought it. Up. <laughs> I can change. Yeah, I got a sharpie. I'll change Toby into Tim. No big
3: deal. <laughs> hey, Tim. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a
6: lot, Tim. We'll get yeah, it to thanks, you. Boy.
3: Well, you heard from Tim Dillard from Valley Sports Wisconsin a little bit earlier on on the Wendy's Big Show. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Scott Grodsky from CBS 58 and Sam Schmitz will be running the Fan Afternoon Show. So we'll preview that coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Sam Schmitz. And joining us now from CBS 58, going to be hosting the Afternoon Show, all this week, you heard him yesterday. You'll hear him again today. Scott grotzky Scott, how you doing today?
7: Good, veteran radio presence now.
3: Twenty-four yeah. hours in, yeah, it's a
7: whole different world.
3: Veteran radio presence—you got pl- nothing to talk about. It's you know everything. That, that,
7: that's not true. We got uh, we got things, and, and there's there's stuff and. Uh, the, well, brewer, the Brewers play a game in a few hours. We'll just wildly speculate what could happen, yep. and uh, yeah,
3: sounds about right. Sounds about like. Every other day today. Yeah, that's true.
4: Oh man, I that's saw true. that alley oop that you posted, Scott. Yeah, that was that was gross oh. in the best possible way. That
3: was gross. <laughs> yeah. I- where can we watch that? Because I would watch some. I, I'm not. I don't know. I I'm just not I, as big I found a couple of Twitter guy.
7: things. I can find like the stream of here's Giannis's yeah. three, Giannis's whatever. And that's, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, all that matters. and really anything of is reacting. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure we can watch It the would game. be
3: cool to watch all the Antetokumpo brothers on the floor, though. It would be kind of cool to see that. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. But outside of that, I don't know that that matters a whole lot. But excited. Just. I need football season in full swing now. I just need it back and th- thankfully friday get a first preseason game so we can overreact to that yeah
7: it'll be nice to have it. it it's nice even just seeing it on the periphery now and starting to see i mean i any of the fantasy stuff i do doesn't happen until uh last week before the season but you start to see it on like an espn homepage and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's just all right we're, we're we're starting to get there we're not there yet but we're starting to get there
3: and speaking of almost getting there fan afternoon show comes up next What's coming up on the fan afternoon show? I'm a uh, fan of ter- I'm I'm a I'm the king of terrible segues.
7: Sure, sure. No, that was a real smooth transition. But uh <laughs> coming up on the fan afternoon show today, we're talking a little brewers before their game today, reacting to Mark Edinasio's comments about the uh the Josh Hader trade. We'll also be joined by former Brewers great Jeff Cirillo, Ooh. Get his uh comments on the on the current team, the state of the team after the trade and what he sees going forward. Cirillo's also worked as a uh, scout, I believe for the angels uh, on and off for the past couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see what he thinks about some of the Jackson Chorio stuff as well as the brewers are, uh, as I know Sam loves to hear taking as many bites of the apple as they can. (laughs) Um, So we'll see uh, what he thinks about the way that they are approaching the apple. Uh, And then we'll be joined by Kevin Holden, a guy who I, uh, you know, have only known on and off for 12 years, but uh, yeah, sports director, CBS 58, always a good time when he's around, and uh, he'll be joining us at 4.30,
4: I believe.
3: So you doing some draft mockery with Kevin?
7: We are doing draft mockery, although I don't know if we know what we're doing for draft mockery. I
4: think um, we're doing coach cliches today. Ooh, coach cliches. Head Because you
3: did uh, GM cliches yeah. with him because of all the stuff with when Josh Hader Kader, was traded with yeah. David Stearns. That was great. I mean, and uh,
4: <laughs> once again, today after draft mockery, after we have our teams, it will be read as if it is one answer by a head coach. <laughs> (laughs) It worked out surprisingly well, Scott. When we did the GM cliches, it literally read like I was answering a question about Josh Hader. Okay, it
3: was phenomenal.
4: It was one of of my favorites that we've ever done. Yeah, a lot of praise for that draft mockery last week. I'm trying
3: to think. Like my favorite draft mockeries, that one was up there. And then I love when we drafted our basketball
4: teams. That was fun. That was fun. The animal cage fights are usually my favorite. The cage matches are definitely my favorite draft mockeries. (laughs) We'll we'll try to do one of those this week, Scott. (laughs) Okay. Sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Sounds like an anchorman, you know, style cage match or whatever
3: whatever yeah <laughs> okay okay sounds like a lot of fun make sure you keep it tuned right here to 12 50 a.m the fan scott grodsky and sam Schmidt come up next here on the fan afternoon show
2: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds